You're listening to Episode 3 of Springfield Business Journal's 90 Ideas Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jackson, publisher of Springfield Business Journal, and it has become a passion project of mine to select nine people from the greater Springfield, Missouri area that I have personally admired to share some of the secrets to their own success. In selecting these individuals, I have tried to curate some diversity of thought, of background, of age or generation, an area of expertise. Through this process, I have learned so much about people that I thought I was already familiar with, and I have been inspired in many ways to be better, to do more, to hold myself to a higher standard. I have gleaned small tidbits that I could easily borrow and make my own to improve some aspect of my own business. I have also been led to ponder some very deep foundational guiding principles and values that have led to success and greatness for some of our presenters. My hope for you as a listener is that you will also be inspired. In this episode, you will hear from three local leaders that have made their unique mark on the world as they expand on one or two key ideas for them. If you hear something that sparks your interest, I would encourage you to access their complete written submission of 10 ideas they have to share at www.spj.net slash 90 ideas. I offer a special thanks to AdSmith Marketing and Advertising for the production of this podcast series, and many thanks to Great Southern Bank, who serves as the sponsor for this special series. I met my first guest just in the last year. She was one of those people that just gave me the sense in the first few minutes that I was in the presence of someone really cool. She strikes me as someone that can and will accomplish whatever she puts her mind to. Ann Williams is president of Job Finders Employment Services, where she has worked for more than 35 years. A longtime resident of Columbia, Missouri, Ann attended University of Missouri as an undergraduate and became so invested in the community that she never left. She received the Devin Benish Outstanding Businesswoman Award from the Columbia, Missouri Chamber of Commerce and was named Businesswoman of the Year by Columbia Daily Tribune in 2012. Now let's hear what Ann has to say. You know, when Jennifer called me uh, not being a Springfield person, I went, uh, what? Me? So I didn't know what to talk about. I hate public speaking, all of that. I don't even know why I'm here. But anyway, last week I started thinking I better write something down or do something. And somebody in the office was talking about barbecue sauce, of all things. You know, there's four styles of barbecue sauce. There's sweet and tangy barbecue sauce. There's mustard-based barbecue sauce. They use that a lot in South Carolina. There's uh, a mayonnaise-based And there's one more, and I don't even remember what it is now. (laughs) Anyway, sauce. Sauce is a delivery, it's a medium to a delivery of flavor, right? So is leadership. Leadership styles. There's lots of leadership styles. Lots of books written on it, right? 
Has anybody ever read the whole book? Probably not. You know, I'm a flipper. Flip through those books. Anyway, my journey started when I was 16 years old. I was a member of Junior Achievement, and I know there's Junior Achievement here in town. And at 16, I was elected president of a company. Had eight to nine other kids in the company. You wonder why? Why? Why are you elected president? Well, I am a risk taker, but nobody else would do it. So really what that meant was I had to do a lot. I had to learn how to make a product. We sold the product. We kept records, like accounting records. We even did a P&L at the end of, the, end of every month, you know? That was a lot for a 16-year-old, and I didn't like math that much. So anyway, uh, along that journey, the team did great. The company did great. We made profit. We were all really excited about that. I thought I had done a really good job. I patted myself on the back. Other people patted me on the back. Everybody was happy, and I was really proud. So in, I think it's in May of each year, Junior Achievement has a contest for Mr. J.A. and Miss J.A. It's based on what you did and did in your company and in the organization. So... I was positive I was going to be Miss J.A. Got all dressed up and went to the banquet. Everybody's there. You know, we're talking about all the good I did. And Sarah won. <laughs> Sarah's a really good friend of mine. She's a very gracious girl. And um, she didn't do as well as I did in my company. I made a whole lot more money in my company. But she encouraged her people. She gave them responsibilities above the norm and relied on them to get things done, where I probably was micromanaging. Did a lot of things that made her Miss J.A., and I was devastated, horribly. So I thought, well, I better learn something from Sarah. So the next couple of years, I learned a lot from Sarah. It was a pretty good deal. So life goes on, right? And um, I go to high school, or finish high school, go to college, had some opportunities in management along the way and after, after college. And I thought, you know, I need a secret sauce. We've all read those books about the secret sauce, right? And I thought, I need, I need that. So I thought, hmm, what am I going to do? So I added some things, took away some things. Finally, I thought I had my secret sauce. And then I got into my own business with Job Finders, which is a recruiting firm and a temporary staffing company. Two years went by. I had two or three employees making money. Everything was exciting, right? I was exhausted. I had a four-year-old. And a husband, and I said, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. So I went to my husband, and I said, I need a reset. He said, you need something. (laughs) So I took a five-day vacation to sunny Florida. During that time, I learned to journal. I learned to journal about my business. You know, everybody journals about themselves, but I learned to journal about my business. And I still do it every day for 15 minutes. That's clue number one. 
for success to me. So I'm journaling, I'm journaling. About day four, I thought I knew what I needed. I called home. I said to my husband, I need your help. I need you to tell me what you need in a good wife, a good mom, a good citizen, all while being this busy business person. He hated that assignment. Oh, my God. If you knew him, you'd go, yep. He says, I don't know what to tell you. And I said, no, just think about it. You've got a couple of days. So he did, thought about it, came home. We talked about it. I threw out a few things. I added a few ingredients. Things got a little bit better. And then I learned to say no. The other thing I learned, because I only have a minute, is I learned not to be a super mom anymore. You know, I see some superheroes out there right now. You know, you're on your phone, you're wondering where your kids are, you're doing texts, you're doing emails, you've got a party tomorrow night, you're hosting one the next night, and you're just exhausted. You don't have to do that. You can say no, it's okay. I learned a long time ago, sometimes people ask me things, and they want me to say yes, I'm so honored. Well, they're really asking because I say yes, right? So, pick and choose what you want to do and put your heart into it when you do it. There's a couple other little secrets to my sauce. One is my honesty. You know, telling a half-truth and telling lies to, to make things rosier, they just don't work. And lastly is gratitude. I have tried to be gracious for every opportunity that I've ever had in life. A few that are really hard. Sometimes it's hard to be gracious. You know, we just had a pandemic. You know, a lot of people's businesses were cut in half, included mine. But you know what? There's something to be gracious. It's almost over, we hope. So I challenge you every day to be grateful to your friends, your family. Think about those people in your life and their secret sauce what made them successful, what you can take away from them. But most of all, affirm yourself every day. We all have something that we need to be proud of. And, you know, when you're looking for your sauce, we just gave you 90 ideas to use in that sauce this week. Start looking at them, pull them out, cut them out. I had my team cut your newspaper apart. And those are, we're using those, and they're creating their sauce. Good luck. The most powerful ideas come from understanding by asking what's important here. At Great Southern Bank, we start by asking our customers to find out how we're doing and what they really need. Then we get to work, making banking easier and more effective, financing more flexible, and our communities better places to live. It's an ongoing team effort to keep improving how we serve our neighbors day after day. And it all starts with understanding what really matters. Learn more at GreatSouthernBank.com. Member FDIC. Brandon Welch is my next guest. And much like Ryan Graybill that we heard from in episode one, Brandon is an expert in people. And through very genuine concern for their needs, has fostered an unbreakable loyalty. 
Brandon Welch is President and Chief of Strategy for Frank and Maven Advertising Agency. He is the author of a number one best-selling book, The Maven Marketer. The common thread that runs through the ideas Brandon has provided to the Springfield Business Journal is generosity in all things. Brandon demonstrated this principle by providing not just 10, but 11 great ideas for our print publication. He assumed one would probably hit the cutting room floor, but wouldn't you know, there wasn't a stinker in the bunch. Listen to Ryan as he expands on the principles which guide his people-centered leadership. I'm Brandon, I'm a marketing guy. And um, when we looked, uh, my team is largely responsible for what we're what I'm going to share with you guys today. And when we looked for the big idea, the big thing, we could have chosen uh, marketing, we could have chosen business strategy, we could have chosen a lot of things that we could do every day and a lot of fun. Um, but what we decided to do instead is give a little bit of a glimpse inside of this super awesome little company that we've built over the last almost 10 years. And the big idea really comes down to this. And I'm going to have to look because I didn't print my notes. I'm going to put them up here. We make the choice every day between one of two things. When we drive to work, when we wake up, when we come back home, when we enter any room um, that we're going to be a part of. And we do this subconsciously, but if we try, I think we can make this choice conscious. And that is we can focus on how well our people are helping us or how well we are helping our people. It's a conscious choice. So all of the things that I can say have been good and success and all the success my team has enjoyed over the years and all the really cool things we are doing, if you really just stepped back, I would find this at the core, and that's that we choose more often than not, for whatever reason, to focus on how well we are helping our people. So it's universally impactful. And I'm just going to show a couple ways that's been universally impactful in our business. And um, it's worth noting that in our craft of advertising, um, the Johns of the world that spend millions of dollars in advertising look at us and say, when's it going to pay me, right? And I can tell you wholeheartedly that the number one secret to any winning campaign uh, in our industry of what, what we do is that very thing. Focus on how much you are giving people in the ad, in the strategy. If, it, if you are giving, it will win. If you are not giving, it will not win. Worth noting also, also that um, our team, our company enjoys a lot of awesome clients and uh, we have some really, really cool relationships, really cool partnerships. And when we look back at what makes those uh, partnerships awesome, it's, John can tell you it's not often that you um, don't want to fire your ad agency um, every couple of years, right? And that doesn't happen to us as often as I think it does <laughs> some, sometimes in the industry. And the only thing I can credit that to is the tremendous amount of help we do up front and give away our secrets literally for free um, before we ever do work for the client. It is about helping. We focus on how much we're helping our people. And then uh, something I'm asked about more and more lately and in the environment of just business in general is this harmonious, happy, high-performing team. Um, I have a group of awesome people that work for me, and much like John, we don't lose them very often. Um, and people want to know more about that because talent is the ultimate resource these days, right? And so I could say, without a doubt, that harmoni harmonious, happy, high-performing team, raise your hand if you'd like to have a little bit more of that in your team, comes from this subtle but yet monumental shift that I think we make, um, and it was... I can't tell you 100% where it came from, but I can tell you that it's alive. 
And that's what we choose every day. We choose as we're coming to work and we choose to start our weeks and we choose the rituals inside our business that bring us back to focus on how much we are helping our people. So you could call that generosity. And I think all of the ideas that I offered could really fit in this bucket. Um, and you might be going, well, that's common sense, right? Do, do the right thing, right? I believe we are wired to do good. I think it is common sense for us. But unfortunately, there's a lot of practical ways um, that it's not common practice. If we look around, just um, this was actually done near 1 a.m. last night. I just took, took a, uh, uh, a screenshot of what the headlines are in, in business world right now. This is an indication of what we're thinking. And it's all about luring people back to the office. It's about how to engage and retain a, a team in a post-pandemic world. And um, we're throwing out raises, we're throwing out money, we're throwing out gimmicks at a speed which we've never done before to try to make things get back to normal. Really what we're asking is how do we make people work more and buy more? How little do we have to spend to get the result we want? And what lever must we pull to get things back to the way they used to be? Has anybody found themselves asking a question similar to that? And I think that there um, really is a better question that we can ask than this carrot that we're dangling in front of the proverbial world saying, what do we got to do? And the question is, um, are these bad things? Are these bad things to focus on productivity and efficiency and how we get more for less? Not necessarily, but they're tremendously bad things when we let them take priority over generosity, when we put productivity over generosity. So the truth is, I think, self-evident. That's if you look at the last 18 months, it didn't really change people's needs. Um, just being home for a minute and being separated for a minute really just gave people permission to prioritize their needs more. And suddenly, the jobs that weren't supporting someone's purpose, quality of family, and their big dreams weren't worth coming back to. Anybody seeing that? Right. And so what it points to to me is that we have a generosity deficiency. So let's talk about what generosity is. Merriam-Webster calls it the willingness, the willingness to give money and other valuable things to people. Um, money is a great thing. You should be rewarding your people. Your people should have a way to win with that. But what, what I want to focus on is this infinite amount of other valuable things that I think we could be doing. The most impactful things, I believe, are things that will cost you nothing at all. I'm talking about giving your ears, talking about giving your encouragement, talking about giving your concern, and I'm talking about giving follow-ups and your enthusiasm to your people. These are your people, guys. If somebody is working for you today, they are trading their life. More time than they'll spend with their spouse, their kids, the dreams that they actually, the things they want to be doing, more often than not, they're giving you their life. So I'm asking you, what do you give them in return? Here's a few things practically that kick off, um, I think, this culture that we're enjoying in our company. We talk weekly. Literally the first thing every week is to talk about people's dreams uh, and goals. And that's outside of work, by the way. The rule is we start our week talking about wins and goals and progress outside of work. Now, you might say, well, that costs time or that's weird, right? If you start from generosity, I think you'll find that you have to do that. We celebrate personal wins. And then, you know what we do next? When somebody has a win, and this happens, these guys can tell you, um, every week, we ring a big-ass gong. We got a big-ass gong right in the middle of our uh, living room at work. And we ring it. We celebrate. 
Now, I'm not actually a particularly enthusiastic cheerleading type of person. Um, but when you start this circle of generosity, of giving that concern, that enthusiasm, your people will take it and they'll make it bigger than your cheerleading rah-rah self could ever be. So here's a few practical takeaways for you. Celebrate anniversaries. Um, celebrate the odd holidays. I'm talking about 4th of July, things that kids get excited about. Celebrate kids' birthdays. Applaud your people for the books they're reading, the healthy choices they're making, the debt they're paying off. We celebrate somebody weekly has some sort of financial goal or some sort of healthy goal or some sort of I quit this or I lost this many pounds. And that's, that's our culture, guys. Um, and you know what? This is one of my ideas. Um, you even celebrate people to such a level that when they make a choice to leave you, which is hurtful, you celebrate them big with a big-ass gong on the way out the door. They're your freaking people, guys. They're trading their life for what you're doing. If we start from generosity and we give them uh, what we would need if we were in their shoes, facing the things they're facing, longing for the dreams that they're longing for, I think the future generation of the workplace is going to demand this. But now, if you're doing it, you'll be a magnet for the best people that you could ever hope for. Focus on those other valuable things. I'll leave you with this. There's a destiny, there, there's a destiny that makes us brothers. None goes his way alone. What we put into the lives of others comes back into our own. Make the choices you leave here today to focus on how much you're helping your people. And I promise you won't be sorry. Thanks. Springfield Business Journal has been the business authority for over 40 years. SBJ strives to provide the most relevant, timely, and accurate business news you need to make important decisions. Locally owned and operated, Springfield Business Journal helps businesses market themselves to other businesses. Since 75% of the readers are the owner, GM, or VP at the business, SBJ helps your business influence decision makers when it matters most. If you need to raise your profile when businesses are considering your category of service, make sure you are differentiating yourself by using the Springfield Business Journal. The world, in my opinion, is just a more interesting place because of the differences among the people who fill it. My next guest, by his own admission, dances to the beat of a different drummer. Rule Chapel is a longtime member of the Springfield music scene. He is an Ozark Mountain Daredevils band member, helps provide musical instruments to low-income students in his role as director of local nonprofit Play It Forward of Southwest Missouri, and is president of Rule Chapel Music, producing audio for TV, radio, and internet productions. Much like myself, Rule has found that he is most successful and most appreciated by the boss when he's working for himself. His desire to break the mold of a one-size-fits-all world has made numerous great things possible throughout his career. Let's hear what Rule has to share. I, I, John is a, a good friend of mine. He's helped, uh, well, Youngblood has helped sponsor uh, some of our concerts here to raise money for the kids that we uh, serve. And uh, I just wanted to tell him thank you so much because, I mean, our sponsors, and Lee's Crane, 
Man. We're, see, this is my crew. This is my crew. And uh, I've been to a few parties with Lee's. Yeah. I have. Oh, I could tell you stories. I could tell you stories on everybody in this town. Uh, I'm going to, uh, oh, I'm going to be sending you an invoice too, John. We kind of went to sleep for the last year, but we're waking back up. Uh, I, 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 when Jennifer asked me to do this, and I, I shake, I've got a trimmer. My dad had uh, Parkinson's, World War II guy, mean and tough as nails. And uh, uh, he taught me one thing. He said, one size does not fit all. One size does not fit all. When I went to college, I was at MSU. And I went all the way, paid all my bills as I went. I went all the way through, got great grades, got time to do my student teaching, went into a meeting, and they said, Rule, you're going to be teaching at Greenwood. And I said, all right. I can't wait. I was really excited. And so I walked into the meeting, this burr-haired guy that was, I mean, he, he, you know, it was the Johnny Unitas flat top deal. I had long hair, and I sh stuck out my hand, and he said, are you real chapel? And I said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, well, you will not be teaching at Greenwood with that hair. Now think of that. I went through four years of college as a mathematician. That's what I do. I mean, I, I love math. It's a beautiful, beautiful, artful pursuit. It gave us Einstein, who not only gave us the, the theory of relativity, but the general theory of relativity. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. After, I, after that, I stood up and said, I'll see you. And I went home. I thought, this, there is nothing in this industry for me. You know, and that's unfortunate. We've got to get rid of the bottlenecks like that guy. And I think that that's, that's where we're headed. I think with the internet and the accent, my, my son uh, graduated with his master's and got a job with a UK uh, corporation and works at home from nine to five. He's a data analysis and he makes more money than I have ever dreamed of. So this is the way, you know, one size does not fit all. Listen to the little voice in your head that tells you like it told me when that guy said, you'll not be teaching there. It told me, I don't belong here. I took a job with a corporation, a marketing corporation. They wished they had never hired me. <laughs> I went in there and they gave me an office. And so I went in and I sat down and I thought, um, this is great. I'm here. Got an office, a phone. You know, something's going to happen. This is going to be great. And then about 10 minutes later, when no one, there was not a sound. And then it was like a tomb. And I, I got, I opened my door and I, I went into the main area and I looked around and all the doors are shut. And I opened the door to the CEO's office and she fired me. <laughs> because you don't open the door in a corporation. 
you don't just come in and talk. Well, see, this was never going to be me. You know, my, my first marriage to Becky Amspatcher was the same way. She said, you know, we, we, we had a great time. We had a great time. And, and we, uh, we went to, <laughs> she woke up one morning and said, I think, I think I'm going to want a guy that comes home at 5 o'clock. And I said, well, I think that's never going to be me. And so to this day, we are best friends. She just redid uh, my house. She's an artist, you know. She's an artist and an interior decorator. Jill's my wife. Wave, Jill, right there. Her and, and Becky are best friends. And Becky, my first wife, is the godmother of my son. See, there's a lot of things that seem weird to people that really are not. It just comes from being nice and understanding that one size doesn't fit all. When you get that little voice, you center yourself and you listen. Because that's the one telling you the truth. There is no, uh, I got one minute. Um, I, uh, there, is no, there is only one truth. It's just like math. You know? It's just like math. There's one truth. Two and two is always going to equal four. Always. In our life. I guess that's all I've got to say. I, I just, I, I love people. I'm a horrible salesman. I, do, I, I hate sales. I, I just hated it. Close me. Oh, yeah, I closed you. But it's all because you're doing something good. You know, I've got lots of guts when I'm doing something good and I'm fighting for money for kids to put instruments in their hands. I, when that happens, uh, I got all the confidence in the world. But when it's rural chapel selling, you know, something, uh, I just, uh, normally what happens is someone will come in and say, yeah, I'll give you, you, you want 100, I'll give you 50. I go, just take it. I don't. <laughs> Main thing is it's gone. You know, I don't care. It's just, uh, I've never been rich, but I've been rich adjacent my entire life. I would not trade one minute, good and bad, of my life to do it again. I wouldn't. So anyway, I'm going to yield back, and thank you for having me, and I appreciate it very much. Thank you for the time that you spent tuning in to Springfield Business Journal's 90 Ideas podcast. Also, Many thanks to Great Southern Bank for making sure these great thoughts were shared with an audience through their generous sponsorship. If you liked what you heard, I invite you once again to access full written submissions by each of our guests at www.sbj.net slash 90 ideas and to tune in for episode two of SBJ's 90 Ideas podcast series. If you liked what you heard, I invite you once again to access full written submissions by each of our guests at www.sbj.net slash 90ideas.